The Orlando Magic get a huge double overtime sudden death victory in Summer League. Paolo Bancaro continues to impress, but more importantly, we get to see what he's going to look like in clutch situations and the plays that he can make. Paolo Bancaro and the Magic find a way. It's time for another edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic. Today is July 10th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of a Locked on Magic, a really exciting summer league game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Sacramento Kings in double overtime, sudden death double overtime, uh, with another impressive performance, a couple of huge plays. From Paolo Bancaro as we continue to learn more about the Magic's first overall pick. We'll talk about where about how he stepped up to the occasion and maybe some of the holes we're starting to find out about his game here in Summer League. But before we get to that, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Where we're the, whether we are the first thing you listen to in the morning, whether you're listening to us right when, you uplo- right, right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked on podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. When you talk about Summer League, you do have to promise that the results aren't super important. Um, at the end of the day, the that whether you win or lose a summer league game, is it the most important thing? And so you, we start there. We start with that basic statement that yes, I, I, I don't, ca- you know, I don't care to some extent that the Magic win or lose games, but there are still things you want to see. You still want to see a team be competitive. When you have the chance to win, you still want to win. Winning still has to matter. And so it was exciting watching the end of this game, watching the end of the Magic's 94-92 victory over the Sacramento Kings. It was gut-wrenching and frustrating because the Magic kind of lays their way into the into the finish. They led by as much as 17 in the fourth quarter. They're up by eight with about two minutes to go. They're up by six with, seven, with 10 seconds to play, and they had to go to overtime. They made a couple of very key mistakes, uh, turnovers, missed free throws, dis- Really kind of bad plays. There are some bad officiating in there too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, one of the eight-second the eight-second violation that everyone's kind of screaming about uh, was not an eight-second violation. The Magic had already established the possession in the front court. The referee started to count started to count late. Um, it was bad. There, there. The, the officials need summer league too. These are most. These are a lot of G League officials. These are a lot of officials trying to make the G League. It's there were some bad rule decisions made. Uh, over the over the last half, last quarter of the game, uh, but at the end of the day, you're up by as much as the Magic are up. You gotta find a way to finish the game, and 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 I, I think I noted it too that it was just like you know this team you know will be good to see them finish the game, but the Magic didn't. Nemeus Quida hit a three. R.J. Ha- uh, Paolo Bancaro turned the ball over on the inbounds, trying to get it to R.J. Hampton. 
Keegan Murray tied the game with two-tenths of a second left, and they had to play more. And, you know, Magic assistant coach Jesse Mermis said it well after the game. One thing he warned his team, and one thing this team hadn't gone through yet in the Summer League was going through adversity. And I want to talk more about that uh, probably on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, if we do do one before the Oklahoma City game. Um, But he talked a lot about how this team needed to face some adversity. This team needed to kind of feel the pressure and feel uh, feel the, 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 the what happens when the world comes down your shoulders. So just to have an understanding that this is the NBA. Even in Summer League, this is the NBA. Anything can happen, and no game is truly over. Crazy stuff like this happens. Certainly, we've seen it happen with the Magic. And yes, it takes a cascading effects of, effect of bad things happening for it to happen, but it happens. And the Magic certainly put themselves in a really bad spot and, and made a lot of mistakes down the stretch that allowed Sacramento back in this game. And what was otherwise a really clean game, or not a clean game, but a solid summer league outing from Orlando. However, that only set the stage to see what Paolo Bancaro could do. That only set the stage to see what the Magic's top overall pick could do in clutch situations, how he would respond. And if there was one thing that was working in Paolo's favor throughout the whole draft process, there's one thing that I think we all really wanted to see and get a chance to to, to see is how Paolo Bancaro would play when the game is on the line. Look, I, I, I will say this. If I have a a couple criticisms of the way Paolo has played in his two summer league games. It is his defense has been okay. His defense, he's, he's played good defense. He has played good defense. But the, there, there's a criticism out, you know, the criticism that I had of Paolo during the draft process was I know he is a capable defender. I've seen him make good defensive plays, but he doesn't do it all the time. I would say that that's been part of his problem in these two games is there's been plenty of moments where he looks a little bit lackluster defensively, where he knows he can use his size uh, to kind of get away to get away with a poor closeouts or get away with kind of a kind of having flat feet. And I think even he would admit that he's a little slower laterally than he'd like right now, and he's kind of playing his way into shape here in summer league. So you know that, that that's definitely an area where even he would acknowledge that he needs improvement. Paolo plays at his own pace so much sometimes that I do think it either looks like He's playing slow or playing "quote unquote" lazy. I don't think I don't think that's that's the case, but it certainly appears. It's it's a very Tracy McGrady type thing where he just kind of goes at his own own rate, and and that's such a deliberate slow pace sometimes that it looks work. It looks bad. It doesn't look good. But what we saw at the end of Saturday's game against the Kings, we saw him snap to attention. After turning the ball over at the end of regulation in overtime, in this double overtime, Paolo Bancaro was fully engaged. And honestly, we saw what a fully operational Death Star looks like, or almost what it looks like. And maybe it's the Death Star 2. It's still, still under construction. Paolo Bancaro opened overtime with a turnaround fadeaway jumper to give the Magic the early lead. And of course, in double overtime, he made the two biggest plays. He turned the ball on the first possession of double overtime. Um, Paolo turned the ball over. Uh, he made. Uh, he he was trying to make a pass, got caught in the air, gave the ball away. But you know he was isolating. He was looking at the basket. Sacramento was sending double and triple teams at him. He made the right play to try and get rid of the ball. Just wasn't just wasn't confident where he went, where he was going to go. And honestly, when I look back at that play, 
I thought he should have just kept attacking the basket. I thought he should have kept going at the rim and 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 again, I wanted to see I want to see him be more aggressive and I think that's I, I think I think what we're learning about Paolo Bancaro here is that he is not the ball stopper that maybe we all feared he would be. If anything, right now, he's trying too much to get his teammates involved. He's trying too much to be a good teammate and a good passer. And, you know, I've seen some, some Magic fans comment this. One of the big things I think this Magic team is going to have to do over the course of this rookie season is teach him when to be assertive, when to look for his own, and when to when to be this this player that we all really like so far. I mean, again, I don't want him to change too much, but you got he's got to know when, when it's time for him to score, and that was definitely a time for him to score. But Paolo made up for it with his final two plays of the game. Sacramento called a timeout in, again, sudden death overtime. So one basket wins the game. On the, on the ensuing inbound, R.J. Hampton overplayed Keon Ellis. He, was, he went for a steal, got over-leveraged. Ellis starts cutting back door. He's got a free run at the, at the rim. Orlando, Orlando center comes up, tries to stop the play, and that sets up a lob from Nemias Quita. Paolo Bancaro is behind Quita and, and needing to pick up pace. And he makes the play. He gets to the ball. He knocks the ball out of Quita's hands. And of course, it's called a foul on the court, but replay after replay after replay showed that it was all ball. And the refs agreed. Paolo actually grabbed the rebound. And because it was clean possession, it was now magic ball. I cannot express, you know, a, a, you look at Paolo's, twi- at Paolo's Instagram um, Trevor Keels, uh, his former teammate at Duke, uh, posted, and they say he can't play defense. Look, Paolo can play defense. He can make all these great defensive plays. This was such a huge play. This was a, a as Jesse Mermis said after the game, a big-time player making a big-time play. Then on the next possession, the ball is in Paolo's hands. Every successful thing the Magic did throughout this summer league game, the ball was in Paolo's hands. And Paolo sizes up his man, gets into the paint, you know, or tries to get into the paint. The double comes, knocks the ball away from him, but he's able to pick the ball back up, fire the ball into the post uh, to Emmanuel Terry, and Terry's able to finish the layup to secure the win. Crisis averted, lead preserved, magic win 94-92. As Mermis said, these are big-time plays by a big-time player. And, and, and you got to give Paolo all the credit. Um, and when, when the Magic were struggling, when the Magic were, were really struggling to find points, honestly, the reason they were struggling was because they could not get Paolo the ball. Uh, it was because Sacramento did a really good job just straight-up denying Paolo the ball. And, you know, it's important for Paolo to see these kinds of defenses, but honestly... All these junk defense, the junk defense that Sacramento threw at him, the doubles that Houston threw at him, that's a a sign of humongous and tremendous respect for what he's been able to do. Um, but it's it's it, to me, it's not as productive for for Paolo because NBA teams aren't going to throw these doubles at him, not yet at least. Um, it it would be nicer to see Paolo go up against regular defense, kind of work on some of the things he needs to work on, but. Right now, everyone knows that Paolo Bancaro is the best player on the floor. And it was abundantly clear that he was the best player on the floor throughout Saturday's game. The Magic could not function if Paolo Bancaro was not touching the ball and initiating the offense. And we can say that's that's a negative about a lot of different guys on this roster, but Paolo Bancaro is the reason the Magic won this game. 
Paolo Bancaro, for all the struggles that he had, we'll get into those coming up here in a minute, for all the struggles that he had, he stepped up and made plays down the stretch. He made mistakes for sure, but he made the consequential plays. And at the end of the day, the Magic won this game because Paolo Bancaro is that dude. There's still a lot more to work on. You know, obviously understanding when to take a shot, where to get his shots, uh, understanding when to be a little bit selfish is, is going to be key for him here. But in Saturday's game, Paolo Bancaro stepped up to the plate and in crunch time minutes, we saw exactly who Paolo Bancaro can be. We'll talk a little bit about how the rest of the game went, what we lo- what I liked, what I didn't like, what I'm, what I'm kind of seeing for the future, and go over the box score coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball plus NBA futures like what is the over-under for Paolo Bancaro? I believe it's set at 17.5 right now. Um, so 17.5 points. If you think Paolo's going to hit the over, go ahead and hit that up right now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check, on, check in on all of your favorite sports events, uh, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area until April 1st, 2024. Before we dive into the box score, um, you know, I, I think there, I think we, I, I want to make sure that we hit kind of the whole summer, summer, league, summer league game. You know, I was, I was at work on Saturday cutting highlights for, for this game. And, you know, we had come up with the plan. Okay. We're going to show Paolo highlights. He's obviously the huge story for this team. Um, and then we'll cut over and show highlights from the rest of the rest of the players. What ended up happening is we showed Paolo highlights for the first three quarters and then did another minute on the la- on the end of the game. Look, the end of the game was crazy. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to study. They're going to look at film on that. Um, it it will go into its own box. Don't don't worry about that. Um, what I found interesting and what I really liked uh, about this game uh, was what what I what or what I think is important to note is that there was a lot of game beyond that. Um, and, and 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 there was a lot to like about what the Magic did and a lot that they still need to work on. Um, You know, I think it was pretty clear early on that Paolo Bancaro was kind of the driving force for the team. Um, Again, I'll say his line here, 23 points, uh, 23 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 6 for 15 shooting, 11 for 15 from the foul line. Uh, Unlike Thursday's game, Paolo didn't really have his jumper working. He understood that, so he got to the basket. It was really good to see him get to the basket. It was really good to see him find different ways to attack and find different ways to get inside the defense. Um, but everything he had eight turnovers, which was a bit of a concern. 
Some of them were, you know, passes that just, you know, the players that he's playing with couldn't handle. Some of it were was mistakes, you know, mistakes at the end of the game. He had four turnovers in the first first half. Um, you know, there he was he was trying to force things more. And I, and I generally like that. Uh, you know, first game he was getting his feet wet. Second game, you could tell he felt a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, understood his jumper wasn't working, so he got to the foul line. He got again. It's it's incredible we have a player who can get to the foul that that's getting to the foul line like this. But he got to the foul line, got in the paint, got to the basket, found different ways to score and affect the game. So even in a bad shooting performance, um, overall, he did a lot of good things. And, and you know, I I kind of joked about this with with Franz Wagner that I would have liked to see him have a summer league game where. The coaching staff tells him, you're getting 20 shots tonight. We don't care how you do it. Get 20 shots tonight. This felt like a game where, where Paolo said, I'm getting my shots up tonight. I'm getting 20 shots. You know, 11 for 15, that's seven field, That's seven extra field goal attempts. So he got to 22 field goal attempts to score 23, 23 points, essentially. Um, again, free throws are a little bit better for true shooting percentage purposes. Um, but you, 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 you see the point here. Like, even on a bad shooting night, Paolo can still make a positive impact on the team. And, and again, early on in the game especially, no one was really generating much offense. Again, it, RJ Hampton continues to really, really struggle as the lead guard. Um, he, I don't think he's getting quite everything he needs out of this, but by the same token, Orlando is running a lot of point Paolo. Orlando is running a lot of offense with Paolo Bancaro as the initiator. So, I think there's a lot of really good things going on for the Orlando Magic. I actually, actually, I, I am pretty impressed with how they played. Look, they built a 16-point lead or built a 17-point lead in that fourth quarter. And what was really interesting was just kind of the runs and, and how they managed most of this game. Again, they, they, they struggled at the end, but they managed this game for the most part pretty well. They were down early but stayed in contact. Their bench came in. Help get the help stake them a league. Some good work from Caleb Houston. Some good work from Paolo Bancaro, obviously. Um, great work. I, honestly, I really liked how Emmanuel Terry played in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think there's still. I don't think he's an NBA guy, but I think he did did some good things as well. Um, we'll get to that when we get to the box score. But Orlando kind of kept themselves in it, and then in the fourth quarter, Keegan Murray got himself going, tied the game up at 55, and then Orlando finished the quarter on an 18 to four run. You know, they their defense really started to put the vice grips in. What I've been really impressed with uh, from the Magic defensively is is they're for the most part switching everything on the perimeter, which might be a preview of how the Magic are going to try and play. They might be trying to emulate the Boston Celtics and their switching defense, which we talked about on a previous episode of Locked On Magic. Um, but Orlando's communication on their defensive switching has been pretty good for the most part. Um, they are getting beat a little bit at the point of attack. But their backline communication has been really good. Emmanuel Terry's done a great job stepping up to cut off uh, penetration. And then it's just about whether Admiral Schofield or Paolo Bancaro is going to kind of crack down and, and hit the guy in the dunker spot. Obviously, Paolo made the big play in the biggest moment uh, to make that block. And, and obviously, it's different when Wendell Carter is stepping up and he's got Paolo behind him or Franz behind him or Jonathan Isaac behind him. This Magic defense has been pretty good. Um, you know, again, it's summer league. You don't, you know, numbers are weird at this point. But Orlando put themselves in a really good position, really good position throughout most of this game, and, and and I have to applaud them until that fourth quarter, until maybe the final three minutes of the game, because they their defense really led the way. And obviously, Sacramento started picking up their pace and started playing with a little bit more uh, frenetic energy. They pressed, they pressed, and I don't think Orlando was prepared for that press. 
Um, Orlando got sped up for the first time all game, and Sacramento was able to take advantage of that. They were able to get into the paint. They were able to get to the basket. They were able to hit threes. They made key shots. There were two sequences where the Magic turned the ball over immediately after a basket, kind of two, kind of like 2K bump steal style, uh, where essentially the the, in, the inbounds was stolen. Um, the Magic were up eight, I believe, with about a minute to play, uh, and R.J. Hampton tried to hit Devin Kennedy on a quick bounce pass to get out of a trap. R.J. Hampton didn't put enough bounce put put enough bounce on the bounce pass. Sacramento stole it, got a dunk, and that was immediately after basket. So that was four points to cut the lead in half. There, um, Orlando made you know was able to make two more free throws to make it a six point game. And then that sequence, Namias Quita with the with the three to to cut the lead to three, and then Keegan Murray stealing the inbound pass and hitting the three to tie the game. There were some freaky things. Orlando put themselves in a really bad spot, but. It, it, it still felt like until those two plays, specifically Orlando was able to keep Sacramento at, at, at an arm's length. Um, so, uh, you know, again, there's a lot to learn. Um, you know, I think Sacramento did a really good job finally speeding Orlando up, but for the most part, Orlando played at their pace. They played at the level, at the pace they wanted to play. They dictated the tempo in, in terms of the game. Uh, and even when Sacramento made runs at their lead, Orlando found ways to expand it back out to stay in control. And, and I think that's a credit. You know, I think Jesse Mermis deserves a lot of credit for the way he's prepared this team, um, for the way that he's using Paolo Bancaro and making sure he gets touches in different areas to help this team succeed. Um, you know, giving even giving a guy like R.J. Hampton the license to make mistakes the way that he's made sometimes. Um, to, to, to find ways to get him back under control and get him back to where this team needs him to be has been really encouraging. And, and, and I think the def- the level of defensive, att- you know, relative attention to detail, it's summer league, so it's not all there, but the level of defensive play that this Magic team has had, if, if this is what the Magic are building toward in the regular season, I think there's a lot, uh, especially knowing the players the Magic have, like, look, the Magic are not using regular players here. Um, and so, uh, to me, that makes what Paolo's doing even more impressive. The fact that he's getting six assists. If he's running a pick and roll with Markel Fultz, he's getting the ball in places that he's not getting it right now. So the fact that he's got 23 points, you know, 17 points in the other game, shooting 40%, I'm not super worried about that. Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner are going to get him baskets that he's not getting right now. He's not getting spot-up opportunities right now. He's going to get those, and, and he's already shown in summer league that he can hit them. Um Def- you know, defensively, it's going to be different when you have Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs and Wendell Carter out there. No offense to Emmanuel Terry, no offense to RJ Hampton. Those guys are a lot more solid defensively. And if they have the, if the Magic have this kind of communication in summer league, having getting that kind of communication in the regular season is going to be really, really interesting to watch and really, really scary to watch. Obviously, the competition level goes up too, but the Magic are are going to surround Paolo with much better players than what we're seeing here in, in, in Summer League. And, and, and he's already found a lot of success, and the team's already found a lot of success. So I think what we're seeing and what we have seen it, it, are a lot of these core principles looking really, really good. I, we'll wait for the end of Summer League to really evaluate and, and take a, a harder look at these things. But it's been a really impressive run for the Orlando Magic. I want to go over the box score, talk about a few other performances from the Orlando Magic. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have all everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's go over the final box score real fast for the Orlando Magic. Uh, try, try and glean some things out of some of the performances. Again, it's Summer League. You don't want to read too much into anything. We're going to try and read kind of between the lines. But let's start again with Paolo Bancaro. 23 points, 6 for 15 shooting, 11 for 15 from the foul line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 8 turnovers. Paolo definitely came into this game with a much more aggressive mindset. He was looking to get to the basket a lot more. His jumper wasn't following as much. He also wasn't settling as much for his jumper. He was trying to get to the basket. He was trying to force and create action. And obviously, we know his passing's really good. I think he missed some passes. I think he maybe got overconfident with his passing, but he is still making some incredible passes. A lot of that, you know, I said my favorite play from Paolo in the first game was his uh, fast break kind of no-look pass to Caleb Houston in the corner. He had another no-look drop-off to Devin Kennedy for a layup in the fourth quarter. He had a post-up cross-court pass to Caleb Houston in the corner in the third quarter. He makes really good passes. And you can see already the Magic want to use him as a playmaker. Um, obviously, you know, the team has Marco Fultz. They have Jalen Suggs. They have some guys who can make plays. They like running Wendell Carter out of the high post. They're going to add these plays where Paolo Bancaro is in positions to pass. They want him to be this. This is one of the reasons they drafted him. It was honestly something that I thought was hidden about Paolo Bancaro in at Duke. I didn't. I think he I think he was a better passer than what he showed. I did not think he was this good of a passer. On top of that, of course, the best play of the game from him was the block on Nemeas Quita at, at Quita at the end of the game. Really impressive play. That's just not an easy play to make. I don't. You know, even if he got even if he got called for the foul and Sacramento won the game at the free throw line. I would have said that was the most impressive play of the game. The fact that he would even try that, the fact that he would even get so close to doing that, he's going to get a lot better. Look, he's clearly not in prime playing shape right now. He's going to get better uh, before the regular season starts. It's it's really, really exciting to see. And just getting his feet wet with playing has been really, really good. Uh, You know, honestly, Houston sent double teams at him very, very quickly in that game. That's why I think he struggled throughout the last half of the the game. And he's going to have to learn how to handle doubles and have to learn how to handle teams attacking him, but Sacramento was doubling him. They were tripling him on some occasions just to try and get the ball out of his hands because they knew he was that if he had the ball in his hands, Orlando was going to score. Or Orlando was going to get a good shot at, at the very least. Um, that's that's where we're at with Paolo Bancaro. And, you know, I, I think there is, a, you know, depending on, you know, there's some some video of him kind of limping around after the end of the game. Depending on, on injury stuff, 
Look, I don't need to see any more from Paolo Bancaro. I, I think I, I think I have a pretty good feel feel for him. Uh, a, a pretty good feel for for uh, what what we, what we'll see from him. But by the same token, I, I think one more game to kind of work out some of the struggles that he had with his turnovers, just kind of learn again how to play against uh, a double team, going up against Chet Holmgren, sure, going up against Josh Giddy, sure. I think that would be super super valuable for him. I don't need to see a whole lot more from Paolo Bancaro. I think the Magic ha- have to feel pretty good about where he's at uh, on that front. Uh, some other performances worth noting. Let's talk about RJ Hampton. 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 turnovers, 4 for 9 shooting, 5 for 7 from the foul line. Look, RJ made some big mistakes. Um, you know, the Magic are trying to give him ball handling reps here to see if he can do it. Uh, you know, I think they went way out of their way last year to make sure that he wasn't the ball handler for the exact reasons that we saw in this game. he When you speed him up, his speed is his greatest a- attribute, but it's also his biggest weakness. When you speed him up, he is going to make mistakes. He's going to make bad decisions. He just does not make great decisions at full speed. Um, he struggled with that very early in the game on Thursday. He struggled with it again here. Uh, just, uh, just not able to make the right call or make the right decisions or just kind of calm the team down. That's really what the Magic needed here was they needed that calming presence to kind of get themselves going and get themselves back in the right frame of mind. Um, and it just it just never happened for him. It just never, ever happened for him. And, you know, again, I know there's a lot of fans kind of, kind of going after R.J. Hampton. And look, he made mistakes in this game and critical mistakes in this game. But I, 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 I think this is what the Magic want to experiment with. Now, should RJ be playing a lot better than he is? Sure, absolutely. Third-year player in summer league should be the most under control and most poised player out there. It, it, Paolo Bancaro should look like the rookie. He does not. RJ Hampton looks a little bit like a rookie. Still looks like he's a little green, and and that's certainly a problem at this stage of RJ Hampton's career and this stage of RJ Hampton's experience. I will say this: I, I, I think he, this happened Thursday, and, and the bad was just so overwhelming that a lot of people focused on it. I do think that when RJ Hampton plays under com- control, plays under composure, he's actually doing some really good things. Um, he is, you know, again, making the right passes. When he plays under control, when he's going at full speed, that's when he's struggling. That's when he's making mistakes. That's when he's not in the right spot for his team. And, and I think that's and I think that's as much of everything going on here as anything else. So RJ has to continue to find the right pace, continue to find the right speed for himself, and if he does that, he, he will have a chance. He will have another chance here. Admiral Schofield, fourteen points, three for five shooting, all from three, five for five from the foul line. I really like what Admiral's doing. He's kind of a nice, steady uh, tone setter. Um, he was able to hit threes. That's a big part of his game right now. A big part of what he needs to do to stay in the NBA. Uh, but he he just kind of keeps everything level. I think he's been a real good stabilizer for the team. Able to play essentially every position every position right now for the Summer League team. Magic have gone centerless a lot, or Paolo at center a lot. Um, so Admiral Schofield's been kind of the nominal center, kind of as the backline defender, and that's not what he should be, but I think he's done a really good job. I think he's made really good clean rotations. He's just been kind of a guy that keeps everything steady. So I've, I've personally been really impressed with Admiral Schofield. He only played 16 minutes in this game, but... Um, I, I have personally been really, really impressed with what we've seen from Admiral Schofield. Uh, not surprised that he's got another two-way contract coming his way. Uh, Devin Kennedy, 10 points, 2 for 8 shooting, 1 for 7 from deep, 5 for 5 from the foul line. He hit three key free throws that tied the game in overtime. 
Um, a great play call, by the way, by Jesse Mermis. Uh, set up a dribble handoff from Bancaro to Kennedy. They know Kennedy's a great shooter. Put the defense under a lot of pressure. Kennedy rose up, got a good, clean look, drew a foul uh, coming down. His shot wasn't falling like it was in Thursday's game, but he made some really nice plays. Um, again, made a really nice cut and layup on a Bancaro pass. Kennedy, again, just kind of a very nice table setter. I'd like to see him run more point. I'd like to see the Magic try and use him a little bit more as a point guard over R.J. Hampton because I think that's kind of Devin Kennedy's next kind of layer of development. But, you know, we know what we're getting from Devin Kennedy. I don't think we're super worried about him in the end. Caleb Houston, 8.6 rebounds, 3 for 10 shooting, 2 for 7. His shot was not falling in this game, and, and, and certainly the cutting and movement wasn't as pronounced. But I still really like what Caleb Houston's doing. He hits shots when he's open. Uh, you know, he's not forcing a ton of things. Uh, you know, again, 3 for 10 wasn't a great shooting night for him. Uh, but his defense is really good. He's in the right spots. He's fighting for rebounds. He's doing all the things that you want him to do. Um, it, it To me, it's going to be really hard to keep him off the main roster. I know Orlando doesn't have the roster space right now. I still, my suspicion is still that the Magic will either defer the whole year to Lakeland this year for him or he'll sign a two-way contract to graduate into a full contract in January. Um, but I, I really, really like what I've seen from Caleb Houston. I, I think it's going to be much harder to keep him off the floor in the in this in this one. Um, Emmanuel Terry, I want to say just a quick word about Emmanuel Terry. Six points, two for three shooting, nine rebounds. Did have eight personal fouls in this game. Um, I, I, I think you know Emmanuel Terry said it after the game that Orlando's kind of given him the green light to shoot threes. Uh, and that's kind of opened up his game. But really, he's just an end-to-end, you know, defend the paint, dunk the ball, you know, very limited offensively kind of player. I really like the energy he's bring, bringing. Look, I don't think he's a roster guy. I think he, if he does end up with the Magic, he'll end up in Lakeland. I don't think he's a two-way guy. But, you know, I think he's in the running to get a two-way contract. Orlando clearly likes him. They keep starting him in these games. Um, but I do think he's done some really good things. I like the energy that he plays with. I like how he fights and scraps on the boards. He plays bigger than his height, which I think is a, obviously a really big thing. He's doing a really good job, kind of stepping up uh, with some of the with some of the perimeter defensive mistakes that are happening, with some of the the ways that the team is getting into the that opponents are getting into the paint. He's doing a good job protecting the paint that way. I, I think he's played his role really, really well for Orlando, and, and I do think that um, he is someone that the Magic are considering keeping around and, and having in their having kind of in their orbit. Um, unlike Thursday's game, Orlando shoots just 8 for 29 from beyond the arc. They're 40.6% from the field overall. 34 for 44 from the foul line. Uh, again, at Summer League, you're not going to get 44 free throws, but Paolo Bancaro does have 15 of those free throws. RJ Hampton has 7 of those free throws, so definitely a good sign that the Magic are trying to get put pressure on the paint. 16 turnovers for Orlando, 8 of them coming from uh, our guy Paolo Bancaro. Sacramento led in scoring by Keegan, uh, led by by Nemeas Queda with 23 points. Keegan Murray has 20 on 5 for 11 shooting, including 9 rebounds, 5 turnovers for him. So the rookies, really good battle between the rookies. Both had their moments in this game. Sacramento shoots 41.9%, 11 for 33 from beyond the arc, 19 for 28 from the foul line. Again, you look at why Orlando was able, was fell apart in this game. They weren't getting to the foul line. They were getting sped up. They were turning the ball over. Big reason why. Uh, they gave up that lead because they were just getting such a healthy diet of free throws. When those dried up, Orlando's offense really started to spin out, especially when they couldn't get the ball to Paolo Bancaro. The Orlando Magic defeat the Sacramento Kings 94-92 in double overtime. Their next game is Monday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll see if we see Paolo versus Chet Holmgren. Part 2 
in Vegas after their game in Vegas uh, between Duke and Gonzaga last year. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Get recaps from around the NBA uh, on what's on everything going on at Summer League. We do have people on the ground in Las Vegas. I'm not in Vegas, but we do have people in Vegas giving all the latest reports on the Summer League. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Crossman Wright. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.